The Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, is our gospel lesson this morning. The story of the shepherds and the angels, be reading verses 8 through uh, 20. And uh, as often happens uh, with the gospel, I invite you to stand in heart or in posture as we hear the word of the Lord. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in claws and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace to all on whom God's favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Please be seated. Invite you to pray with me, Lord God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of each heart be acceptable in your sight. You are truly our blessed rock and our redeemer. Amen. There's always been a curious detail about Luke's telling of the nativity story. And every time I read this story, I'm struck by this. Remember that, that Luke tells us that the shepherds heard an angel proclaim, first they saw the angel, then they heard an angel proclaim the good news, then the hosts of heaven open up. Heaven literally opens up and all of a sudden, creatures that are in heaven surrounding the presence of God with all of the glory and all of the light and all of the brilliance opens up and a message is given to them, peace we bring to you. And then the shepherds, if that's not enough, are instructed to go into this sleepy little town of Bethlehem and find a, a, a home, and in the home they'll find in the, 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 the stable part of the home a manger, and in the manger they will find the Prince of Peace, the Messiah, God's own son. And the shepherds do this very thing. They go down into Bethlehem, and they see what God has promised. And in their hearts they know this to be the Christ child. And they leave the home in Bethlehem rejoicing, shouting, carrying on. We can imagine in a small town the hubbub that this created. People came out to find out what was going on. And the shepherds shared with them, we've heard an angel. We've seen the hosts of heaven. We've seen the Prince of Peace born in this town. And Luke tells us everybody is amazed, astounded by this. And glorying with the shepherds. If all of this happened 2,000 years ago in a town, a small town, maybe the size of Deer Creek, right? And everybody knew what had happened. Why 30 years later, when Jesus' adult ministry wanders through Bethlehem, 
Nobody connected the dots. What happened after this night? What happened to the shepherds that they disappear into history? We, we don't hear anything more about them. We, we don't hear about them doing amazing things with their life. There's no shepherd's home for wayward boys in the neighborhood that they establish or, or a hospital that they establish in their name. There aren't even shepherds wandering around. Certainly there were some left when Jesus comes back to the area to say, Hey, I was there when you were born. I remember. I remember that night. They disappear into history. How could it be that something as astounding as this happened, and then within a generation, it is seemingly forgotten? Did the shepherds simply go back home? They had a reputation for drunkenness. Did the people think they'd stopped off at Parrish's pub that night and maybe tied one on? Did, did, did Luke not get the details right? Maybe not everybody in Bethlehem knew. Maybe the shepherds kept it secrets. How could it be that something this astounding happened and then within a generation it is forgotten? Consigned to history. Misremembered. Quiet. We never hear from the shepherds again. Crickets, if you will, right? I've thought a lot about this, obviously, and, 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 and tried to come up with why I think this happened and, and, and what Luke is trying to tell us. Because remember, the gospel isn't about the shepherds. The gospel is about us. Every detail in the gospel is meant through Luke and the Holy Spirit to speak to us and to our human condition. So what is God saying through this story to us today about this night? And about what may happen tomorrow. Because like the shepherds, we have short attention spans, don't we? Like the shepherds, we're prone to experience God's presence in our life and then quickly move on to the next thing. We have short attention spans, even spiritual attention spans. Think about the, the news cycle, right? Every time that uh, we watch the evening news and they report on a story, the reporter will come back at the end and say, and we'll stay on this story. Or do? They move on. We move on, right? Uh, th think about the stories that dominated our culture just a couple of months ago, right? A, a, a police raid on a newspaper in Marion, Kansas, who stayed on that story? No one. A boat brawl in Alabama that dominated the news cycle for almost an entire week. We've forgotten about that, right? The, the, the whole fiasco with Ticketmaster and the Taylor Swift tickets, right? We've moved past that, even if you experience that, right? We've moved past that. We're on to the next cycle. Bring on the next Kardashian marriage. We're ready for it now, right? We have short attention spans, even about big things, even about spiritual things. Who are we to castigate the shepherds for going back and tending sheep? Or the magi back to stargazing? Or Joseph and Mary to raising their kids? Or Elijah the town butcher to butchering? Or Maggie the town matchmaker to matchmaking? Or Herod the king to scheming against his family? Everybody within a matter of days had gone back to life as it was before that night in Bethlehem. Because we're all guilty of this. We have a short attention span when it comes to Christmas. 
In fact, some of us may be ready to box up Christmas already, right? We're, we're, we're ready to polish up uh, the last of those Christmas cookies to amend our list one more time for who we're going to send cards to if we're sending cards. We're glad that the Christmas party cycle is over. Maybe we're ready to take down the lights and the tree. Maybe we're ready to put it all away and get back to life as it was before the Christmas season even began. We are like the shepherds in this sense, in awe on this night, and maybe tomorrow, and then by the 26th or the 27th or the 28th, it will be as if nothing happened. So how do we change this? How do we make sure that the promises of Christmas, peace, hope, love, and joy, are still in our hearts that the miracle of this birth is still something we ponder. That the gift of Christmas is still something we treasure. A week or a month or several months from now. Max Lucado, one of my favorite storytellers, tells a uh, of a Christmas somewhere back in the mid-1990s. He, he, he lives in San Antonio, and, and he remembers going to a shopping... Some of you remember shopping malls? They used to be a really big thing this time of year. A couple of you do. Uh, and he was, he was going to a shopping mall, and, and he had his list, and, and he was working on his Christmas Eve sermons, but he knew he had to buy presents for his family, so he'd taken some time off thinking it would help him to refocus. And, and he said, as I was walking through this really busy shopping mall in the mid-90s, going from place to place, and checking off my list, he said, I was aware of the fact that it was the Christmas season there. There was a, a kettle and a Salvation Army band playing around it. Another place, a, a church choir was singing hymns. Most of the stores were decorated. There was piped-in music coming over the loudspeakers in the mall. Everything was festive, he said. He even remembered passing through the atrium on his way to Bed Bath and & Beyond. And, and, and one of the churches had sponsored a little nativity set that was set up there in the atrium. He said, I walked by and smiled for a moment but I had things to do. He said, I'd almost got to the next store when all of a sudden it dawned on me that as I had walked by that nativity set, I had seen a little boy standing there. This happens to all of us, right? We see something unusual. We don't process it in the moment. We go on. We walk on and do something else, and all of a sudden it dawns on us there was something unusual back there. And what was unusual is that there was this little boy standing looking at this nativity set and the parents didn't seem to be anywhere nearby. Max Lucado said, I wondered if maybe the boy was lost. You know how easy it is to get distracted. Think of a mall in the 1990s, right? A crazy, chaotic place. Maybe his parents were looking for him. Maybe this was the place in the mall they'd said to go. If you get lost, go find the baby Jesus. We'll find you there in an hour or so, right? This was the meetup point, Right? He was trying to think of all the reasons why this little boy would be standing in the nativity set all by himself. And so he said, I did what I should do. I walked over, and as I got near to where the boy was, he said, I saw uh, two, two people, a mom and a dad, that looked very much like his parents, arguing with an older sibling. And he said, it dawned on me that this little boy wasn't lost. He just simply had stepped away from the argument and was looking on the nativity set. But Max Lucado said, as I got up next to the boy, I was then drawn to what he was looking at. What was he looking at? 
Was the baby Jesus somehow wrong in the nativity set? Was it missing one of its legs? Was, was the straw an odd color? What was it that had caused this little boy to transfix his gaze on this nativity set? And so Max Lucado says, I, I started to look on it with this little boy. And, and before I knew it, I was drawn into what he was seeing. And what he was seeing was the promise of Christmas. He wrote, I stood there for the longest time silently with this little boy, gazing in wonder at what God was doing at this holiest time of the year. And I realized the poverty of my own spiritual journey to Bethlehem. I was ready to move on to the next news cycle, to box it up, to put it away, to move past, to step back into my life. And the gift this little boy had given was the gift of lingering. I know Christmas is almost here. I know just a few moments after Christmas, maybe a day or two, we'll begin to box stuff up, put stuff away, but I wonder if we might linger just a bit longer this year. Maybe, maybe leave out that nativity set on your desk year around. Maybe not put away all of the ornaments. Find one ornament that reminds you of Christmas and hang it on a house plant somewhere in your house. Maybe give yourself permission to sing away in a manger in March and joy to the world in July. Maybe pledge every day for this year to go back to Luke 2, 1 through 7. And read it again. Won't our lives be richer? Won't Christmas be more real if we're not in such a hurry to put it away, to pack it up, to move on to the next news cycle? Let's not be like so many that first Christmas. Let's hold on to the holiness and the joy and the peace and the love forever. Amen.